Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. What's up? Hello. Uh, we did our, I think our, our, our uh, what maybe this time only 15 minute, not full 20 minute <laughs> ramble before we hit record this time. So yes. I feel like that that should be interesting. Maybe this will be a little more streamlined than usual with only several diversions instead of one huge one. Well, there's just so much TV on and there's so many things that connect to this. Like there, it just, it just happens. That's true. (laughs) That's that's for a very, very like tiny, tiny diversion. There's a crossover in the uh, final season of Hulu to not just shield, but to this season of shield we're covering, which is really cool uh, for the, the Hulu Marvel show uh, runaways. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. uh, I guess. Jeff Loeb made sure everything that he could was connected on TV before they pushed him out the door. Right. So Jeff Loeb has done, he did Shield, Runaways, and is there another one? Well, he was on all the Netflix shows and all the uh, Fox Marvel oh, shows. Oh, well. I didn't realize that. Yeah, because because of the way uh, the TV was structured, like even shows that, that were made by Fox, like Legion and, mm-hmm. and The Gifted, that were the X Men tie in TV shows, he was an executive producer on as the head of Marvel Television. And uh, he was, worked was on, on all the. Was Legion kind of tied into this universe too? Legion wasn't Legion and and the Gifted were both separate because of the Fox stuff. I think okay. they had they they, they, they had could have been tied they weren't in, owned yet, <laughs> right? And they could have been tied in together, but okay. they weren't. Oh, uh, they, they were they were separate <laughs> separate. Uh, but and then yeah, then the Netflix stuff was also him as well. So uh, and, and we talked about it before. It's like he really did a better job at the diversity stuff. I think both behind and and on camera, other than. Uh, Maybe from Scott Buck failing upward, which is the one inexplicable thing, and 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 human suffered, and you know might be the whole reason everything went south for him. Maybe, <laughs> and, well, especially like the publicity around Inhumans being really bad was like a lot. Like, when, and you combine it with Disney Plus, it was just the perfect time to end the stuff with Netflix. It's like yep. if if things had been different, if if Marvel Television had stayed as strong as it had started with the Netflix successes and whatnot and shield being very well, well uh, viewed. And as we know, it's still extremely popular. Maybe would have, maybe, maybe things would have been different. Maybe we wouldn't have lost our, our ghostwriter show. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Um, it is. It's very hard to tell. Um, Oh, before we get started, we are part of the But Why Though podcast community. So be sure to check them out on Twitter at But Why Though PC and their website, butwhythopodcast.com. Super proud to be a part of their community. And there is so much good TV out right now and movies coming out and all of our um, friends and co-creators over there are putting out a lot of good content. So definitely check them out. Um, Carolyn has a podcast called, I think it's Carolyn talks something i should know this this is really bad please edit this out (laughs) uh it's called carolyn talks and it's on the feed for so here's what happened podcast she um talked with dominic tipper and um cass anvar about or cass yeah whatever his name is uh from the expanse um so it's like I don't know. Good things are coming out. It's not just us here talking about 
shield. <laughs> There's like actual journalism going on. <laughs> it's very cool. Uh, anyway, so we are chugging along season four. This is season four, episode three, titled Uprising, written by T Craig Craig Titley, directed by Magnus Martins, who is a new name, and he did not have a hyperlink in Wikipedia, so I know nothing about him, and originally aired October 11th, 2016. We begin in Miami. There is a rooftop party going on, and there is a magician there, or like a sleight of hand dude doing whatever and he's uh he's he's flirting with these women and and yo-yo is there i guess she's there for a bachelorette party and matt calls and she just ignores it and uh, her friend that's getting married grabs it and she's like oh are you gonna bring him to the wedding and uh, she calls him back and then there's a, a like the phone shorts out and there's a blackout and then a helicopter flies or like kind of falls into the building across the street and everybody's screaming oh no what's happening so apparently um so at the I guess this is is this on the yeah this is at the shield base or is this on the Zephyr I don't remember I think it's on the shield base um they're watching this video which is this like it's one of those like anonymous terrorist videos where it's just like a shadowy face and like the the voice is like using a voice scrambler so it's like the inhuman resistance um is now a terrorist group and he has this whole monologue about you know leave us alone you know you know, and end registration, or we're going to keep, you know, hurting people, whatever. Um, and Director Mace is not sure if this is a lone wolf or an actual resistance group. And Fitz is like, well, all the, you know, the video and all the, all the stuff around like the EMP and things like that is very sophisticated. So it's probably real. And well, he, I guess he didn't, the EMP wasn't brought up yet because <laughs> they're talking about how the one inhuman that's capable of shorting out an entire city is dead. <laughs> so sad that's lincoln by the way <laughs> and they no, don't know <laughs> i was so i was i was happy about that yeah i was like <laughs> um but uh they don't know if there's another inhuman out there that's like him and so fitz thinks it's an emp and he's like yeah no problem we can fix that um and there's a pr guy that's like oh no this is really bad when we like you know launch um shield being back like it's gonna be really bad it's a pure nightmare and mac is like who the fuck are you like why are you even here <laughs> and mace is like whoa 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 like he's the pr guy he's supposed to worry about pr don't worry like this is his thing it's important um and he's like well this is why i'm gonna send um you mac fitz and colson to miami uh to figure this shit out and retrieve yo-yo because they say that they have an inhuman asset in miami as well um and uh mac is like oh you better you better go give the order yourself to colson because apparently he didn't like the last order you gave so i don't know if this is referring to like last episode or, or this if this is referring to something having to do with may i'm not sure but it doesn't really matter so colson is watching a video of may freaking out wherever she is and Gemma is on the phone with someone and she's pissed because May's vitals are all over the place. And she's like, you guys don't know what you're doing. And then the person on the other line just hangs up <laughs> and um, Gemma or Coulson asks where she's being kept. And Gemma's like, I'm so sorry. That's classified. I can't tell you without the director's permission. And then Mace walks in and he just says, oh, she's in upstate New York. She's at a CDC facility. And Coulson's like, I should be there. And Mace is like, no, I need you here in case there is a crisis. And there happens to be a crisis. Um, and as soon as he says that, one of the Chinese dudes that was infected by the ghost starts screaming and then he just dies, <laughs> like blood coming out of his nose and his eyes just straight up dies. And apparently this is going to 
this is going to be what happens to May if they don't help her. And so Mace does something very interesting and he gives Gemma full authorization to do whatever it takes to save May because she has an idea of what could be done. And obviously that's going to be Radcliffe. But it's a, that's, that was a very Coulson move and I was very surprised. <laughs> I don't remember any of this. <laughs> yeah, so much of this stuff, like so much of this season is familiar, but so much of it is not as well. So it's well, it's a nice feeling. Yeah, well, also, like, there's a lot of little storylines that wrap up pretty quick. Like, this gets wrapped up, essentially, this episode, but it turns into something really horrifying, like, for later, for the framework stuff, that I had forgotten how it started. So this is how, like, May's journey into being replaced um, by the by the robot starts. <laughs> like, I didn't remember that. <laughs> no, I, like, I, I didn't remember that. Like, I... I I feel like it when I thought about the framework, I remembered that she was the first person put in sort of thing and replaced with a robot, but mm. I didn't oh yeah. We we're full spoilers all the time now. We don't yeah. even mention it anymore. <laughs> uh, just in case you didn't uh if it was in case this is your first episode, you had no idea we were gonna get into spoilers. <laughs> we're gonna totally get into lots of spoilers. Yes. But uh but yeah, no, I, I feel like if I was thinking about it actively, I remember that. But in general, like that wasn't one of the beats that like really popped up. Like I was thinking more about uh, Fitz and Gemma and Daisy and Fake Ward, you know, and, yeah. like, and, and everything that goes on with Mac in it. And, yeah. and, well, those, and are, real... those are very emotional beats too. So it's like that's probably why it sticks out in our memory so much as well. True, but it's, it's like everything I think <laughs> in the actual in everything in the framework dimension, like even the less emotional, but still, like you said, everything in it is is emotional. Like even the less <laughs> yeah. potent stuff with Coulson and his students is still very, oh, yeah. very touching. I think, yeah. but but it's like all that stuff comes to mind like very readily. Where I have to really think about how the plot intersected, how everything overlaps, how it ends to get to that that May stuff does kind of get pushed into the rug, I think with everything going on this season, which is interesting because she is one of both of our favorite characters, but I think that everything else is so new and exciting. And literally her plot is that she's sidelined and replaced with a robot. Like it's, I think it, it maybe on some level we're not thinking about it because it's least engaging of her plots. Like yeah. overall, like it's not bad. I don't think it's a really a criticism of the show. It's just an observation, but because yeah. I too was very much like, Oh wait, that's where this happened. So yeah. I, 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 it's like next the episode. Was yeah. The cause of this. Like, yeah. whoa. Like, like, no, I, I, they very much did not. I remembered each piece of it, but did not remember how they connected at all. And yeah. or how we got there. It's, it's sort of like last season where stuff happened in the first couple episodes or in season two, <laughs> where we're like, wait, what? This is like three episodes in. Really? I thought I this was like at the end of the season. <laughs> like, and I know. It's not quite that level, but it's similar. Where, yeah. it, where rather than thinking that something was going to happen later, I just didn't really remember how it fit in at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I completely, I had completely forgot about the ghost thing with May, but I was like, oh, that's how this all starts. Like, shit. <laughs> um. So anyway, Mace asks he he asks Colson to go to Miami, 
And he's like, you know, please go. It, it's an order, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you know, it's the call that you'd make if you were in my shoes, which is very true. Um, so in Miami, Yo-Yo is still in the club and people are starting to riot downstairs and Yo-Yo's friends want to leave. And she's like, no, 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 we're safer up here. And some guy's like, no, we're trapped up here. We have to go. To where so, there is power. Like, where does he think there's power? Yeah. All the lights went out in the city. Like, yeah. Like, uh, very, so dumb. Very frustrating. I, I wish but, she could She could be like, listen, man, I'm a goddamn international special agent. Like, right? <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> um, and Yo-Yo's friend is like, no, I have to call. I guess it's her fiance. So she wants to go find a place where her phone will work. Um, and apparently she's going to walk down 32 flights of stairs in heels. And Yo-Yo's like, well, I can't let her go alone. I got to go with her. So they go downstairs. Um, meanwhile, if you'd forgotten, Daisy got into Robbie's car at the very end of last episode. And so they are pulling into a gas station, still in the car together. <clears throat> and apparently... Robbie's uncle worked at the lab, Momentum Labs, where all this weird shit went down. So he's going to go see him. And Daisy's like, oh, your uncle, uh, Eli Morrow, blah, blah, blah. And she just like spouts off all this like really detailed stuff about his life and like where he did time, where he's doing time in prison and like all the stuff. So it's very clear that she like used her hacker skills to to do some research on him. And Robbie's just kind of like, whoa. Like, <laughs> and then a man drives up to the gas station. He has the radio on and they hear this broadcast about the inhuman attack in Miami and the blackout. And Daisy's like, I don't believe it. Like, inhumans wouldn't do that. That's not real. And Robbie's like, well, I just hope they don't hit L.A., which means they're going to hit L.A. <laughs> and then all of a sudden there's a blackout. And Robbie's like, well, my little brother rides the metro. And if it stops right now, he's going to get he's going to be in a bad part of town. So got to go save him. So. They're off. Um, we go to Radcliffe. As always, I appreciate LA traffic and and public transit traffic. Uh, I know. <laughs> like, yeah, I know well, all this. <laughs> well, it's funny too because no one knows of LA's like public transit very well because we're just so famous for traffic and cars and car culture and stuff like that. So it's kind of nice to have a sh something in a show that's like highlighting like the Met LA Metro. Well, yeah, like I remember when I first moved here, a uh, friend of the pod, Ron, was the only person I knew who lived in the area who knew what I was talking about when I was like, yeah, I'm using the the, the subway a lot. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, they're like, I've lived in, in the Los Angeles area my whole life. Like, there's a subway? Like, they, there, yeah. there are people who have never even heard of it. And Ron's like, oh, no, I use it all the time. Like, I'm like, thank goodness someone. Like, yeah. I, I didn't imagine that subway here. It wasn't a part of some weird hallucination of mine. <laughs> Because that, some of the reactions were like, no, like that's not, yeah. I don't think so. And they wouldn't be, be, be people who live like downtown or whatever, but they were yeah. still people who lived in the area. And it was kind of surprising. Like, did they like not take the, like when we were younger, we used to take the Metro into Hollywood all the time so we could go clubbing and then we wouldn't have to drive home. But like, the, I think the Metro closes at like midnight. So we would always have to leave super early. <laughs> so yeah, it seems like the last, somewhere. it seems like the last stuff starts at midnight. So like they, they'll keep running through like, one or whatever yeah because yeah. they, they go the whole way but no they don't run as late as they should they're not like new york where it's not like until 4 a.m they take an hour yeah. off and start again <laughs> yeah <know? laughs> yeah um especially on the weekends um but yeah we used to do that all the time like from long beach we would take the blue line all the way up to hollywood and it would take a very long time but it was great we didn't have to drive because there was no uber or lyft back then <laughs> it was like taxis and taxis did not want to drive all the way to Long Beach from Hollywood. So no, I mean I find it very convenient, and uh, mm -hmm. like you said, it's not something that's known for. But they have yeah. done a good job. Like like even with LA not being the central location any longer on the show, like they do a good job. They make use of filming here, 
mm-hmm. very very well and they they do like it's such a cheat che- i i'm almost loath to say it because it's such a cheesy turn of phrase but saying uh a bit like la is like a, almost like a character when they use it but it is like the, mm-hmm. i feel like the, like they do a really good job of using landmarks like authentically and like mm-hmm. and for the most part like i think we've referenced a couple times that it's been, it has been glaring but it's, it's it's been very rare instances but like on a show that takes place in new york or or movies that take place in la sometimes they'll have characters like okay i'll be there in five minutes and it's like they are <laughs> they are somewhere but it is no traffic it's gonna take them 45 <laughs> minutes to get there in a, in a car going as fast as they can hitting every light like like, yeah. like, it's like it doesn't make any sense that someone is where they are but like that doesn't really really happen a whole lot i feel like on shield like like they, they just don't push it it's not that they wouldn't be willing to i'm sure right, they right. but it's it's just i don't know it, it's interesting they, they do a good job of it the the cast the the people who, who do uh, location scouting and whatnot whatever mm-hmm. producers they have working on that i think they do, they do a good job yeah, for sure. It's funny too. I recognize a lot of these back streets that like mm-hmm. they're driving onto. It's like in like the industrial area of like Culver City, <laughs> which makes sense. They do a lot of filming there. But I was like, hey, I recognize that street. <laughs> like that, I've gotten lost down there. <laughs> that's when I when I was in Portland and working in comics, they would shoot all the time. Where and I was I was in a, an industrial park sort of area in in uh, in Portland, and when they would make the NBC genre show grim there it was basically a male <laughs> yeah. version of buffy the vampire slayer uh th- that that show shot around us all the time so there'd be like little areas like like several blocks uh be cordoned off that you'd see and oh, yeah. like a little posting like says if you walk by this you agree to be, it, it would drive me nuts when i first moved there there would be like indie movies and some of the like the like hip hipster downtown area things yeah and, but and when they do like network type stuff it's like all this legal shit <laughs> like it's so frustrating with, with, yeah. it's like you that's there's no legally binding contract but if you've read this you agreed to it like that's yeah. not how anything works no, no. it's not like I, <laughs> like like screw that man I, I would always want to like get on camera and sue them in some fantasy i know um i they used to shoot dexter like heavily in long beach um because all the shows that are supposed to be in miami they shoot in long beach because i guess it looks very similar <laughs> when when they used to shoot dexter in long beach um like kind of near the downtown area i used to go running like when i lived down there i used to go running a lot like on the beach and i remember the house that was like dexter's house was like on my way on my running route like and i remember they were shooting and so i had to like change at my running route and i had to like run like one block over but they were filming like a car driving down the street and so i was in the shot and so they came they had to come over and have me sign something <laughs> because I was like in the background, like running past. And I mean, like, I don't know if they ever used that. I never finished watching that show, to be honest. I never saw the last season. So I don't know if they used it, but it was just funny, like how you were saying, like the if you if you if you see the sign, like it's legally binding, but it's like Showtime literally had me sign something. <laughs> that that feels like like Showtime uh knowing what it's doing more than people who are doing stuff in Portland yeah. who are probably yeah. like, like who are probably constantly thrown off. Yeah. That's, that's the, <laughs> the one that affected me the most often was when I would uh when my brother and I were driving back from the comic company uh from work in the evenings. Uh, like quite frequently the last couple of years that I was there, we'd have to take a slight detour because literally three blocks south of our uh of, of the place that I lived was the feminist bookstore from Portlandia. 
<laughs> that in in uh, on the show it was called Women and Women First, I believe. Oh <laughs> but the real name of it was called In In Other Words. Yeah, and then an ellipsis. But That's like funny. it was it, it, it <laughs> it's definitely weird that to have Fred Armisen in drag being the reason why you have to have a detour or whatnot. Right? They, 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 they kept you off site. Like if you weren't on yeah. the show and an extra, you weren't on, yeah. on camera. They were well, better was, about it. I thought it was than, weird that they didn't have someone like either under the street to like make sure people didn't walk by because it was like in the middle of the afternoon. So it's like people and people do a lot of walking around there. There's like families, they walk yeah. the dogs and stuff. I was like, why was I allowed to just walk past this? Like, I don't understand. And it's like, it I wasn't in, I wasn't on the street that they were shooting on, but like the way that the camera angle was like, I was, you could see me still. I was like, well, just don't use it. And they're like, that's not how it works. I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> well okay, I'll sign this, whatever. That, um, is super, that is super strange though, that they don't have it like cordoned off or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They used to film behind my work a lot too. Um, the apartment that Dexter lived in when he was like by himself for a short period of time was like behind my work. And so they would close down the street and it would be like where we would park our cars. <laughs> We'd be so annoyed. We'd have to park all super far. Um, yeah. I don't know. Lots of filming around here. It's very, it's a very weird experience. But no, it feels like in general, I don't know. I, uh, uh, the shield lo- location stuff, even when they're whether they're on a blue planet in the desert, it's just the <laughs> desert outside of LA or whatever. Yeah. Like either way, they do a good job of, of actually making use of that too with their yeah. limited budget. Like, like I feel like, like I, I never really am like, oh, I know where this is. Where there's a lot of shows I really enjoy where I, I've constantly thought, oh, that's in Vancouver. Like, you yeah. know, that's in Canada. Yeah. Like, like, that is not where it's supposed to be. And honestly, like, the only reason that I rec- I like, I'm like, oh, I know where they're shooting this is because I recognize, like, mm-hmm. things. I recognize streets. And also, like, for my job, I drive literally all over Southern California. So I just, I just am familiar with a lot of places. Um, but yeah, I'm very, I'm very happy with Shield's use of locations. It's, it, it looks good every time, to be honest. Anytime they're, like, in a city, it looks good. Yeah, uh, I feel like 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 it never detracts from anything. Like yeah. if it's if it's a made up, if it's New York or whatever, and it's just a set, it's not going to be as meaningful for sure because they are shooting it here. But have they ever filmed in New York? I don't think they. Ha- I don't. I, I, I feel don't. like they've had stuff that takes place there, though, haven't they? I think so, but it hasn't been like legit, like on the streets of New York. I don't, I don't think, think so. I think everything they've actually filmed has been here. I don't think. Th- I don't think they go off site. Like, I don't. I don't remember ever seeing at the end of an episode of Shield like a a state. You know, I think a fire. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I have to look for that now. Not that I watch the credits because Netflix skips past them, which is kind of rude. (laughs) A lot of stuff I I do watch the credits. And I feel like the one you notice the most is either Canada or Georgia lately. Right, right. Because it has the peach. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Georgia has a good, like, 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 like little segment, like little uh, identifier thing at the end to make sure you know. (laughs) They're paying big bucks so that people will. Yeah. will notice so that they'll film there and yeah. take tax credits and bring work there and yep. heck, go for it man take take it, it'll just make things more competitive here I, I i don't mean like take the the work from california and take it away but like i feel like we're not going to stop making tv shows anytime soon with a million streaming services and right. everything or movies yeah like, like they're gonna it's, there's the jobs aren't going to disappear if more people get hired there and if people are getting hired there and and 
shows are being wooed there because of uh, of tax credits and other incentives then california will push it and vancouver will push it and new york mm-hmm. will push it and all the places that make creative stuff and hire actors and and crew will hire more i think yeah. it feels like it feels like that that's a situation where rising tides lift all boats because it's not like hollywood ever crumbled because new, right. york, new york's movie scene hit it big or or even Vancouver and stuff when they made it super cheap and a lot of production went there. It's not like Hollywood suffered or, or like, I don't, I don't, I don't remember hearing about like just tons of people losing their jobs in the entertainment industry here because, because Vancouver got in an entertainment industry. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to think. I have a friend whose dad is a grip and he's worked for decades. Like he's in his seventies and he's still working. Like <laughs> he he retired for like a year and got bored. He went back to work <laughs> because he can. And I was like, there's always been work for him. There's like never been a period of time where he hasn't been working. So it's like, obviously there's very much still a demand. Yeah. I know so. people who are career extras, you know, which is yeah. insane, but, uh, <laughs> but cool. It's yeah. They can get it, but they, they can do it. Like it's, I, it's I think it's kind of impressive. Right. All right. Um, we did have a diversion. Apologies. We did. <laughs> it, was all, it was actually spun out of things that happened in the show. At least. Yeah. Not just totally, totally random. You know. Um, so we go to Radcliffe's house and he's preparing to have May come and Ada is there and he's throwing all these orders at her and he's using like um, just, I don't know, like turns of phrase and things like that. And she's like, just kind of standing there and he's like what are you doing and she's like i'm looking up what you said (laughs) because she didn't she's like not fully understanding like the way that he's speaking with her and so she's like trying to catch up and um he's like i'm so sorry i have to put you back in the closet they're just not ready to see you yet and so he puts her in the closet and shuts her down and then may shows up with sins and she's going crazy and simmons has to sedate her and we find out that they have six hours until until probable death which god Way to be freaking stressful. Um, So Coulson is watching cable news on the Zephyr, and there is a senator who is talking about how she hates the Inhumans. We have to fight back. Like, this isn't okay. And it's like, oh, God, now there's like an anti-Inhuman sentiment in politics. Um, I totally forgot about this person, this character, by the way. I'll I'll talk about her because there's a very end scene with her. Um, Who she is. Is she in the comics? No. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> um, and apparently London, LA, Moscow, and Miami have all been hit with these EMPs and have blackouts. And so Fitz has everything he needs to find the EMPs and disable them and trace them to their source. And it's going to be, it's going to be cake. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Robbie's brother, Gabe, is in LA and he's like at the metro station. He's watching all these people riot and all these cars are stopped in the middle of the street because they all have electronics. So they just like stopped. And so people are like, you know, bashing in windows with bats and things like that. And Robbie and Daisy are speeding, speeding along the road because his car is a vintage car, like pre-electronics. And so it still works, which is very convenient. (laughs) Um, and um, we find out from Robbie because she's like, dude, you need to calm down. Like the ghostwriter is going to come. And he's like, no, it, it doesn't have anything to do with stress. Um, and he talks about how um, he went after the gang that put his brother Gabe in a wheelchair. And so it was, you know, vengeance is what started this. But his vengeance didn't stop there. It keeps going and going. And so he thinks that if he writes his uncle's wrongs, um, the ghostwriter will move on and leave him. So that's why he's so hell bent on 
on finishing finishing this and that's kind of what i feel like that's kind of why he teamed up with daisy because they're on the same path <laughs> no for sure like, like oh, and he even said like something like 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 yeah. he referred didn't he in the previous episode say something about vengeance and i don't yeah. know yeah he saw yeah. he saw something in uh, in him uh, that he sees in himself in daisy and but yeah. then they teamed up and then he let her in the car yeah, yeah. Um, we'll get more into that in a bit, though, when her, when Daisy and Gabe have a little chat. Um, so some dudes take notice of Gabe's wheelchair, and they, like, start walking towards him, and Robbie pulls up just in time and blocks them, and they're kind of admiring his car, and this guy's, like, touching. He's like, don't touch my car. And he's like, what? It's, you know, we should just take it. And so he has his hands on the hood, and um, the ghostwriter shows up, and Robbie is touching the car, and so he heats up the car and burns the guy's hands who's touching the hood, and just, a fight just breaks out. And so uh, Robbie is like going crazy, like Daisy, you know, is doing her thing. And then a guy runs up to Gabe and puts a gun to his head and Daisy quakes the gun, the guy and the gun away, but she is still very much broken. So she's like down for the count. Then all of a sudden everybody's down and she's like, Oh, was that the writer to Robbie? And he's like, no, that was just me, <laughs> which is kind of badass. Um, and Yo-Yo's friends in Miami are trying to leave, um, out of the lobby of this building. And then a bunch of white dudes show up with guns and they're like um we're here for the inhuman they say a bunch of other shit too but it's not important um um at radcliffe's house um radcliffe is suggesting to put may in the framework but then he's like i don't know what she's gonna see she might see like dinosaurs he starts dinosaurs or some crazy shit like i don't know um and so they plug her into this like brain mapping thing and um it's like it does the whole tony stark thing where it just like pulls up and it's like this interactive like um electronic thing that they can like move around with their hands and stuff and Gemma says that her ras is extremely active her reticulated reticulating act whatever i can't remember what it's called i just noticed the <laughs> ras um from anatomy <laughs> um and essentially the reason that these people are dying is they were scared to death because their adrenal system is going so crazy that it, it just like makes their vitals go nuts like their heart rates up their blood pressures up everything is just nuts and so Gemma is like how do we help her and radcliffe's like how do you cure fear which i feel like is very you know philosophical but we don't ever go come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, he just he just kind of drops that out there and sounds really philosophical. Yeah. But I was like, again, oh wow. <laughs> and which like it, it's it, I feel like that's the main difference between this John Hanna and the mummies John Hanna. I wish I could remember his character's name off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But the difference between Radcliffe and that guy in the and Jonathan. Nick, his name is Jonathan. Yes, Jonathan. I was trying to remember what Evie yells. <laughs> but but I I feel like his uh his the the main difference in the character is like how book smart he is. Mm-hmm. So by saying something so philosophical like that, it's hard to tell because both characters I think are also extreme bullshitters. So yeah, and they're very like tongue in cheek, like <laughs> well, and just like kind of just talking to fill the air. Like I could see him yes. just just spouting it off as nonsense as just something to say that sounds smart, or actually having maybe having meaning from Radcliffe. Like like, like, like if it was Jonathan, I would just assume it's just bluster. Yeah, but. I don't know. It's it, it, it's one of those lines that is uh, fine either way, but is made better by his <laughs> delivery for sure. He's he's just 
very good. He's very good. I really like him in this role. Um, Me too. Like, there's a lot of like between this and like Parmendra Nagra in this episode that you mentioned mm-hmm. briefly, and you know Edward James Almos and Lucy Lawless. Like, we get really good guest stars in this show. Yeah, like, it's- we really do. Um, so we're back in Miami, and or they're on the way to Miami in a car. Mac, um, Fitz, and Coulson, and Mac is concerned. He hasn't heard from Yo-Yo yet, and he's like, you know, she would have found a way. Blah blah blah, and like she wouldn't like why wouldn't she have a device that was off like wouldn't that like affect like you know whatever he says all this stuff and Fitz is like well she was probably having a great time at a bachelor bachelorette party dancing with all the sexy latino guys <laughs> just like trying to like poke it poke the bear and mac is like ah yeah i'm not falling for that <laughs> um and um yo-yo's friend that she's with the bride seems to be very anti-inhuman like she's just like oh fuck them like they're awful and yo-yo's kind of like well they're just like us and she's like no they're not and it's like yo-yo's like oh shit guess i better not say anything and then someone yells out like the the magician dude that was in the club must be the inhuman and he's like what the he's like you have ps powers he was making things disappear and he's like it's called sleight of hand but they still grab him anyway because they need a scapegoat um and back uh in the um uh, car mace is talking to colson he's like yeah, there's six cities that have blackouts um colson you need to hurry up i need a win phil and he's like okay we're on it so they enter the emp zone and we know that because the car immediately shuts off and colson's hand is stuck to the steering wheel <laughs> like gripping the steering wheel he's like uh, can i get some help um so fitz is really irritated because great all this tech is that I brought is not going to work. Um, he figures out that this EMP is like a continuous pulse, which is extremely advanced technology. So like these terrorists are using some very expensive tech. Um, so Fitz is like, we're going to do it old school. And so he busts out like, um, what are the things that measure angles, like a slide rule and then a protractor. protractor. Yeah. God, I haven't used that word since like, high school i don't know <laughs> so crazy they bust out a protractor and like you know pencil and paper and a map and he's like we're gonna figure out this you know what what this is and um he's like you know what's a good light source the guy with the flaming head Colson's <laughs> like i'm really bummed i missed that and max like no you're not uh it was quite unsettling so <laughs> i just love how this like, offhand like dialogue has meeting now it's great um so Robbie brings Gabe and Daisy to this to their house. And we find out also that Robbie just never gets hurt. Like he will get a wound and it just heals and he can't die. He's been shot at. He's been run over. Like he just he won't die. So this ghostwriter is just like protecting him. It's crazy. Um, and apparently their uncle Eli raised the two boys because um, Daisy finds a picture of him and starts asking. And then Robbie has to go to his shop to make sure that no one loots it. And so he leaves Gabe and Daisy alone. And as he's leaving, he whispers to Daisy, Gabe doesn't know about the night job and he never will. So that's, you know, his way of saying, do not tell him or please. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but Gabe already knows something's up. Um, so the dudes in the lobby of the building that Yo-Yo is in start beating the shit out of this magician and they're getting ready to shoot him. And obviously Yo-Yo isn't going to just let this happen. So she takes his gun and puts it into the bush that's behind her where she was standing. And um, it happens again. She puts the, the second gun like in the bush and her friend sees and is start super horrified. She's like, oh my God, you're one of them. And then he was like, it's me. And she's like, no, 
you're one of them. And we think that, you know, everybody's like, oh, no, she's the inhuman. And so all this, you know, everybody's starting to move towards her. And then Coulson shoots a flare into the lobby, which is just in time. And there's this great action sequence. It's like this one shot action sequence of everybody fighting and even Fitz is fighting and Coulson is like kicking ass like Mac looks like a giant or like a, a small tank as <laughs> as Fitz would say like yo-yo's doing her thing it's so cool um they take everybody down and uh, uh yo-yo's friend Maria is super anti-inhuman and she just leaves she's like no we're not friends anymore <laughs> like, that shit was so it? frustrating when the when the friends like dimed on her I got so mad like mm -hmm. it's like, come on, guys. Yeah, it is so bad. But, dude, that's, like, a real thing, you know? People, oh. like, find out people are gay, and they, like, are like, oh, we can't be friends anymore, you know? Oh, absolutely. People are disgusting the way they can react with that sort of, like, just, like, awful prejudice and, and bias. And and it's, yeah. it, it, it's, it is it is very real. It's like when somebody finds out anything, like, anything that they didn't know that makes somebody the uh, the other, even if they're not, like, as, as visibly uh, bigoted yeah. as, as her friend was, a lot of times they could still, I think, because of cultural and and societal stuff, you know, can still like have a a, a, a surprised reaction that's still mm -hmm. kind of fucked up and, and and can hurt people's feelings or whatever. And like it, it can even be as awful, but still be like connected to it. There's there's degrees of just awful shit that people do yeah. with that. Uh, this is, this sort is of particularly awful because they're like friends you know she's like who you know this is part of who i am you know you know me and she's like no it doesn't matter it seemed like <laughs> she was gonna be like her bridesmaid or something right she was and, and, and now she's and now she's not her friend doesn't know her it's so gross like yeah it's, it's awful so awful human being that person yeah and it's a super dramatic like uh reaction but i think it it's like playing into like why there's there, these this group that's you know posing as this inhuman terrorist group is like trying to rile up that sentiment, and they're doing a good job because you know this is one out of how many people who are just like super anti-inhuman most likely, um, and apparent so apparently these guys knew exactly where Elena would be, and she's like, how does that happen? And Coulson's like, I'm worried that my worst nightmare just came true, and so he's worried that the registration list for inhumans got hacked. Um, so back at Radcliffe's house, May is very much not doing well. They're like, we don't have a lot of time. We have to figure this out now. And Radcliffe's like, well, we could kill her. And Gemma's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, um, uh, I'll go back to the scene in a second. I, I don't know why I didn't put this together. It would have been easier. Um, so uh, back at the the Miami building, Fitz is counting the seconds in between EMP surges by looking at like the fountain like seeing like the water and he's saying one chimpanzee two chimpanzee which goes back to his whole monkey thing <laughs> which I was so happy <laughs> I was like things um and Coulson is like interrogating these dudes and he just gets fed up and shoots the guy in the chest and Mac is like what the fuck and like Coulson obviously knew that he was wearing a bulletproof vest and he's like huh like a terrorist group with military gear on like that's suspicious and they find a tattoo on his hand that is one of the watchdog tattoos that we saw in I think the last episode from one of the Chinese dudes or I don't know I can't remember who anyway um 
Daisy, um, meanwhile, is having dinner with Gabe at Robbie's house, and she's in a lot of pain. And Gabe is like, how'd you hurt your arm? And she's like, oh, car X, or I got hit by a car or something. And then she's like, so how'd you end up in a wheelchair? <laughs> um, just kind of like throwing it back in his face. And apparently, um, you know, she says something about Robbie taking care of Gabe. And he's like, yeah, right. Like, I take care of him. And he knows that he's like, he's always gone at night. Like, I don't know if it's like gambling or drugs or what, you know, what, what it is, but there's something going on with him. Like he's never been the same since, you know, my uncle passed away or my uncle got put in jail. Um, so back in Miami, Yo-Yo finds a piece of paper on one of the dudes and it has a bunch of inhumans names and their locations. Um, and they're like, Oh, what the fuck? Like this is real. And Fitz has finally figured out, um what they need to do and so he has them get a bunch of these like the random things like uh, wine corks and water and needle needles and he's like we're gonna make compasses and triangulate the source of the emp um back at radcliffe's radcliffe's like using the whole brain computer and like uh <laughs> like analogy like the brain is just computer we just need to reboot it it's like that's not how it ha- how it works but you know in this show lincoln can reboot people so why not them right so they're going to kill may and reboot her brain um like essentially let it shut down enough to like dampen the fear response and then bring her back and so Gemma's like we have seven minutes until she has irreparable brain damage uh once we kill her and radcliffe's like are you ready and jimmy's like Gemma's like hell no we're about to kill may i'm not ready um and she injects her with I don't know what she injects her with, but she did. And May is May is dead. And so Gemma's, you know, they wait a few minutes until the, her brain activity kind of lowers. And Gemma goes to shock her with paddles. And the power goes out because L.A. or wherever they're at gets hit with an EMP. And she's like, what the fuck? And so she starts performing CPR immediately to get blood to her brain. And oh, no, this is bad. Where are they located? Where is Radcliffe? Is that like D.C.? Is it LA? I don't know. I think it has to. Well, wait. Where is the base located? Because it's somewhere nearby. Right? Like it was. We don't, we don't know. It's in LA anymore. Like because they because they even refer to it like as their old stomping grounds. And yeah, like, it must be on the east and coast. And Mac somewhere. has to go there. I feel like it's like you'd think it's it's somewhere in the DC area, like Virginia, yeah. just because of where that stuff is usually yeah and well it was convenient because right after this we learned that dc has been hit with an emp because the president calls mace which how is he calling him he must not be in dc but whatever so i'm guessing they're in the dc area just because that information was very like interestingly close by (laughs) now i have to look it up while you keep going okay um so mace turns on the tv and he's on the phone with the president and there's another video surfaces and the president wants to send troops to all these cities to take out the inhumans by any means necessary so he tells colson he has one hour to fix this um so back in miami the team is shouting out these angle measurements every time fitz asks and uh they're like each they each have their own compass and fitz is able to triangulate the source on a tourist map which is probably not to scale so i found that very interesting (laughs) Uh, oh, great. TV is so great. So anyway, back at Radcliffe's, Gemma is not giving up on May. She's like, you have to come back. You can't die. And I feel like she's probably feeling guilty about their earlier encounter and like their power play. And it just didn't end very well between that. That conversation didn't end very well. And it's very clear that she's like, I can't leave. I can't let you leave based on our last conversation. But also like that's her friend. And they've come to have a really close relationship over the last season. Um, 
And Radcliffe's like, there's like, you know, there's no generator backup. Like, what is this? And he realizes he has something that can save that can save um, May. And I put on here that it's Ada's battery, but I don't know if that's true because he doesn't. I don't know. I'm not sure either. I'm assuming it is. Because what use would a robot be if an EMP could take it out? Like, right. <laughs> anyway, it's shielded somehow from EMP. Brings this battery out, and it looks like a it looks like a heart. <laughs> like, um, it's, it's definitely her power source. Like, I, I yeah, like, and I was assuming it's like not a, not a, a, a electrical battery. Like, like that it's some some other form of BS sci-fi yeah. energy that he and came up. With. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, I don't know. But yeah, I he never explicitly explains that this is from my robot, but he says, I have this battery that's shielded from blah, 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 and it can help us. So he plugs it into the the shock paddles, and they charge him up, and they get her back. <laughs> Thank God. And she wakes up. She's like, what the fuck? Get, the, get all this stuff off me. And she's like, where am I? And she's very much herself, and Jemma just hugs her, and she's making this face like, why are you hugging me? Um, and it, it's weird because now she has something in common with Coulson. Like she was brought back from the dead essentially. Um, but this gets so much worse than what Coulson went through. <laughs> like- okay. Okay. So, so sorry to interrupt the, the, the playground, which uh-huh. is where they, uh, which is where they've been, I think since yeah. Koenig yeah. brought them there at the yes. end of season two. Yeah. Um, so the playground is according to official sources that I, I believe is up to date on, on the Marvel cinematic universe fandom wikia. Uh, they, they, these guys I mean, it's at least pretty well researched the 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 individuals who are the editors you know like they do remove stuff if it doesn't have a yeah. source mm-hmm. so it's just like wiki it, it, just like any wiki at, at various points it's extremely accurate and more accurate than like a published uh, d- dictionary or a resource and mm-hmm. at other times it's wrong because somebody trolled it or whatever right? I, I, <laughs> I, I'm under the impression that this is up to date and accurate but it says that it is in North America, in the United States of America, <laughs> and and, and, uh, and they specify that it is in an undisclosed location. So that way, which makes sense for a spy show, and is a way they can get away with saying it's anywhere. <laughs> Great, cool, brilliant. Also, screw Fantastic. you guys, Jed and Mo. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Way to oh. mess with us. Way to waste well, five minutes of me googling. <laughs> I'm thinking about how like that's very convenient that we don't know its location because like when they do like you know the tra- whole travel time stuff when they fly to different places like if it's on the east coast like that's very convenient it can get to Europe really quick or LA really quick or whatever like no, now it explains why it takes them 5 minutes to get to Washington to Washington DC LA or South yeah. America because yes. <laughs> they're yes. in, they're in- <laughs> it, just moves, it just moves around it's like shangri-la like <laughs> I, i'm gonna go ahead and believe that it's inside uh mount rushmore and <laughs> oh, my god. oh my god wait no it's somewhere with a bar that looks pretty yes. abandoned right yes. Th- yes. That, that looked like either midwest or southwest to me like that didn't look like like an eastern, eastern to me you know, right? Yeah. Like, didn't it? Well, just in the area around it, like the terrain around yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. It, look, it looked like mid, like Midwest to Southwest ish. Hmm. I'm gonna have to watch that episode again now. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I, I, I may have to <laughs> to do that as well. We're gonna right. find out where this base is. We're gonna. I mean, it's it actually shot somewhere outside of LA. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Way to Bakersfield or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
or like 29 <laughs> Palms or something. That'd like, be a really there. awful location for uh, right <laughs> for, the, for the Shield headquarters. Oh, so sorry for that aside, but when I saw that, it made sense, but was also a little bit frustrating. So I had to mention. It. Wait, I just thought of something. Coulson's office has windows. <laughs> How does that make any sense? But they're I, underground? Yeah, right? They're like several miles underground and he's got windows. Are they just are they TV screens? Does he have what fake the windows? Fuck? Does he have well, some of the base windows? has fake windows, right? Like I remember Gemma and Fitz like watching a fake sunset or something like that. But yeah, I mean, Colson has real windows. I guess we thought they were, but maybe they're just well, no, he remember he breaks them and they, they escape. Wait, what? What the? Where the hell like are that? they? How, <laughs> how is that connected to the place under the bar? What the hell? They, is that part of the building, like next door to the bar, or like is just like a <laughs> random the, is, office building? <laughs> is the bar close to a cliffside that has windows? <laughs> oh, my God. oh, I I'm starting to think. As much fuck? as we love this show, and we do give it unfair nitpicky stuff, like like. Like I'm sure if you laid out all of the uh, like, like like schematics of Battlestar Galactica, it doesn't make sense. Oh yeah, you know? sure. like, like, the Galactica <laughs> itself is like, wait a second, where's all the bathrooms or something? Yeah. Something like that. But oh, no, uh, I think we made a fi- we figured out a fatal flaw in Shield, but the Shield headquarters at the playground doesn't make any sense no, at all. Not at like, all. Both entirely remote, also in a major city. <laughs> and underground and above ground but so, also uh, above ground yeah. <laughs> oh my god and also like not necessarily near any because we never see any buildings in, out from Coulson's windows it's just sky I don't know this is very confusing now I'm questioning everything I've ever seen in this stupid place <laughs> there's also lockers even though they like live on the base like this base is just oh, weird yeah, we've talked about that a lot yeah. it makes re- like why, why when they live there would you ever get changed in the locker room right. no sense unless maybe the bunks are like super super underground and then <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it takes them like 20 minutes yeah, to, it's get a there. It's a yeah. to get there oh they gotta God. go from the underground area if it's under the bar over to colson's area at the office park <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> how ridiculous. Um, so back in Miami, Coulson and his team are using these glow sticks to navigate this building that the EMP is in, and they find it, and it is very heavily guarded, and they are uh, outgunned and outmatched. And so Yo-Yo puts on this light show to distract them. She like basically has the glow sticks and just runs back and forth. So it makes these like those crazy like lines that you can shoot in photography with like what is it like? slow shutter speed or whatever um and she does this and she takes all their guns and it's this really cool slow motion scene where she's like running past everybody and she's like blurred and like this just looks really good like the scene looks really good the special the the digital effects look good um and then they have a strobe light like battle scene where no one has guns everybody's just beating each other up and fits manages which is really good looking actually this entire sequence is very good um and Fitz disconnects the EMP, all the lights come back up, and his hand starts working again. They save the day. Um, back at Gabe and Robbie's house, Gabe starts asking Daisy about Inhumans, and she's like, 
I don't know, she gives him like a non-answer answer and he's not a stupid kid. Like she even saw like he had some engineering books like laying on the table. So clearly he's not a dumb kid. And he's like, your arm looks really bad. I'm wondering why you aren't at the ER. Um, and oh my God, her arm looks really bad. It's like completely purple, like all the way up <laughs> like yeah, her she's, shoulder. <laughs> she's covered in bruises. Like yeah. it, looks, it looks like somebody like beat the crap out of her arm, Yeah, <laughs> like, which is just, and that's not even... And that is that how people usually are injured or beaten up? Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's, it looks crazy. Yeah, it's not a normal break. And so he knows that she's inhuman and he's like, yeah, you kind of like fit the description of somebody named Quake. And he's like, look, I'll keep your secret as long as you leave and never see Robbie again. You are a bad influence and he doesn't need those kind of people around him, which damn. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, playing hardball. Um. I really like how they make his character like this, though. He's not like he's come. He even says, like, I'm at peace with my situation. Like he is. You know, he's kind of in a disadvantage here physically, like Daisy could like kick his ass, you know, and just be like, fuck you, like whatever. <laughs> but um, he knows he's smart enough to know that there's something decent about Daisy, but he's still she's still, you know been in the news for like robbing banks and shit so like clearly not someone he wants his brother around but i don't know i just i i'm not saying this very well but i just really like how gabe is characterized and how he, how he's acted in the show like especially in this moment they're doing a good job i feel like they probably uh made this the small change from the character in the comic by making him a little bit older i think mm. maybe because of that because it's probably harder to find younger actors who can pull off i think mm-hmm. they kind of like because he, he he it is a very good performance and it's not like extremely layered or complex or anything but it's a little nuanced because like you yeah. said like like he's suspicious of her but also trusts her like like, like he, he knows that there's bad stuff going on in her life it doesn't want that affecting robbie because they've already been through a lot and he knows yeah. robbie works really hard to take care of the two of them yeah. like, like like and like you said, he's a smart kid. So even though he doesn't know about the writer, he does know stuff's going on that he doesn't know about. Yeah. So he he, he does he know he knows that Robbie does not need any extra inhuman drama in his life, even if he, yeah. even if he's not a bigot like some of these other yeah. characters. And it's and I feel like like the actor who I can't remember his name, but I know I recognize him. Watched mm-hmm. the first half of the first season of uh, Fear the Walking Dead. He's the son in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he does a good job. Like yeah, like he he's just, a solid he's- actor. He's really good at portraying this like strength <laughs> without really doing much. You know what I mean? Like strength yeah. of character. Like I don't know. He's and just, I, and like, I feel I like like, like I feel like he can convey a couple things at once. Like but like and for a guy who is probably in his like early twenties playing a sixteen year old. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I watch enough shows on Netflix <laughs> and CW who have good looking dudes who look like him, but they're not really trying to, they're, they're, they're keeping way more uh, track of their calorie count and their workout schedule than they are on like yeah. multiple <laughs> convincing emotions at the same time. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this kid seems like he's got it all figured out. <laughs> yeah. good looking kid And he's doing a great job acting. So I'm, I'm impressed uh, enough that I actually do want to see like, yeah, I have because he has been in two comic book things for our comic book count with that in Walking Dead, right? Uh, and he's uh he's solid. I seem like he's a solid actor. I want to see more things from him in the future. Yeah, for sure. Um, will you look up who he is? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm, while I'm, I'm trying to think. Up. I know I had it the other day when we 
that... when we talked about his character, and I know I mentioned his first appearance, but I forgot the act to mention the actor. I know. <laughs> Sorry. We have so um, many. I don't think he things. was mentioned in the Wikipedia because otherwise I would have, because he's a recurring character in the season, I would have put him in the notes. So I don't think he's listed as like, you know, a, a recurring character, or his actor, the actor is not listed in the Wikipedia, I don't think. Um, so anyway. Portrayed by Lorenzo James. Oh. He plays Chris Manawa on Fear the Walking Dead in the first season, it looks like. Maybe mm-hmm. just the first season. Um, he's from Phoenix. Oh, cool. <laughs> he, first, <laughs> he first appeared in Paul Blart Mall Cop. Well, there's no... He didn't <laughs> He didn't make the movie. <laughs> oh no! Or Paul Paul Bart Mall Cop too. Well, actually, I guess it's gotta start somewhere. First, <laughs> I guess his first thing was being a jerk to Spock in uh in the flashback in J.J. Abrams uh, Star Trek. He played a Vulcan bully. What the fuck? <laughs> so weird. nice. That's a pretty. That's a good good movie start, right? He's also in Ghost Whisper and Malcolm in the Middle TV, Seventh right. Heaven. Six oh episodes. damn what i probably saw that <laughs> i know he must have been like a young kid on that oh whoa and he must be friends with uh kevin james because he's been in one episode oh, of kevin God. can wait <laughs> his most recent thing it looks like was uh was in kevin james's tv show so i feel like he must have become friends with with that guy <laughs> which is which almost makes me like him even more like that you gotta be pretty 26 year old kid who becomes friends with the king of queens guy after being in a movie with him once right <laughs> oh my god good for 20, him yeah 26 now yeah yeah put him in more things we like him yeah no and for sure like there's something to be said too because like i remember thinking like they aged up the character and they always cast you know a little bit older in general <laughs> in hollywood like, like almost always unless it's a gimmick <laughs> to cast yeah. the the right age, which it shouldn't be, but for kids. So I knew he was going to be in his early twenties or whatever when when they uh, when they did it. But he does a he does a good job. Like like you said, like I think he pulls it off, even though he looks like a twenty three year old. Like like yeah. I'm, I'm buying him as a sixteen year old kid. And, yeah, and, and, but also a sixteen year old kid who's wiser than uh, a lot of them. <laughs> He's been through some shit, man. That, that changes a kid <laughs> for sure. Like like I've been in a much lower and it changed me significantly yeah. so yeah. i can understand a little bit of that like a, a tiny tiny fraction of that yep um so back at the base that we don't that has a very weird location <laughs> we're not we, sure of <laughs> now exists in a three-dimensional space i can't i cannot conceive of <laughs> it's just in another dimension and it just pops up wherever necessary under a bar on a cliffside it's like, in plot in convenience city. minnesota <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> So Coulson is updating Mace on the situation. Apparently things are getting very out of control. There's like riots going on about all this all this anti-inhuman sentiment. And Coulson's like, you know what? We should reveal S.H.I.E.L.D. to the world again. And Mace is like, we're not ready. Like we can't do it. And Coulson's like, some advice I learned from Nick Fury. He like name drops um, is that sometimes <laughs> sometimes you got to know when to throw out the rule book. And um, Coulson doesn't tell him whether this is one of those times or not. He's it in Mace's hands, but we know what decision he's going to make because he trusts Colson. Um, 
in the kitchen, I guess, uh, Yo-Yo tries to give Mac a beer and he just like completely ignores her. She's like, okay, fine, I'll drink it. (laughs) And he is so mad that she's been in contact with Daisy. And she's just like, look, Daisy doesn't want to be found. You should respect that. And May is like, so big brother. He's like, no, she needs our help. Like, she needs us. Like, it's not right that you kept that from us. And Yo-Yo's like, angry looks good on you, Mac. (laughs) She's just like, not giving a shit and just like, egging him on at this point and mac is like there shouldn't be any secrets between us and yo-yo says why not there's nothing else between us damn nicholson interrupts before mac can reply and uh uh i so at this point um yo-yo was showing mac a picture of the the fiery skull art that daisy sent her on the wall (laughs) um and Colson is like, man, has everybody seen this guy except for me? Like, he's kind of jealous. And then they they look on the TV and Mace is at like a press conference and he is announcing Shields resurfacing live on TV. And meanwhile, Gabe is watching at home and Robbie returns with medication for Daisy, which is really sweet. And he's like, where's Daisy? And Gabe's like, I don't know. Uh, she must have left while I was asleep. Damn. Stone cold liar. <laughs> Colson gets a phone call. It's May, and she's watching the the press conference, too, and she's like, it should be you up there. And Colson's like, no, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And then Daisy is listening in her van, and she's very sad because she's very lonely. She has no one to watch this with because she has isolated herself from all of her friends. It's her own fault. <laughs> and the very end scene is uh, Senator Nadir. Um, who is played by Parminder Nagra, and I called her Senator Watchdog because I couldn't remember her name. Um, <laughs> she is on the phone with someone, and she apparently um, it's the the terrorist group, and they said that they killed 17 Inhumans worldwide. And she's like, good, that's a start. We need to get rid of all of them. I hate them. And she's like going through all this mail. She's like throwing away all these piles of mail, and she starts talking to someone that we can't see off camera. And she's like, says something like, okay, well, like, whatever. I love you as she leaves, and the camera pans over, and it's someone that's in a terrogenesis husk. So who is this mysterious person? I don't know. And that's the episode. <laughs> It's a good, it's a good one. Like, yeah. like I, you mentioned it when we were texting about watching it uh, over the weekend, but it's just got really great special effects. Was one thing yeah. that jumped out at me. Like, they really, yeah. they 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 set the bar pretty high with the season opener with Ghost Rider, and they've kept it going in these first several episodes. Oh, for sure. To also, I think they're setting up the rest of the season really well here like there's a lot of storylines going on like i it was really hard for me to take notes this episode i had to keep pausing because it was moving so fast but it wasn't hard to keep up with you know what i mean like i understood you understood like exactly what was happening in each situation like there's all these storylines that like are leading up to something else that's coming you know in the in the the later half of the season or at least this half of the season but it's not like it's not confusing it's not like Watchmen. <laughs> true. No, that's true. Watchmen's great, but it is Very intentionally confusing. confusing. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, um, but no, the, and, and every, it's very economical, too. Like, nothing is wasted in this episode, which is great. Um, and we had our second, I think, if not if not uh, third uh, direct reference to a new character. I won't do him for Comic Connections until... The next episode, because I think we actually meet him, but we had we heard another we heard an, or maybe the first time I think we've heard named Elias Morrow, who is a connection mm-hmm. between 
Robbie and the ghost plot and everything. And his comic character is pretty different. So it'll be fun to talk about him on the next yeah. episode. Um, he's Uncle Eli. <laughs> all all, all we know so so far, right? Yeah. Yep. Which which that part stays the same mm-hmm. <laughs> in yep. the comics. He's also Uncle Eli, but he's a very different character. I'm interested. I think it's funny that they kept the spelling of his name, even though he's a Latinx character. It's like M O R R O W instead of like a more like Spanish spelling. <laughs> well, it's interesting though too because that's part of that's that's even part of the comics stuff because you know yeah. when when Felipe Smith created all of it, he did it all at once. Like the, he was a, wasn't a pre-existing character, and he chose that. So apparently, interesting. Um, I believe I, I guess I would assume because they just say uncle and everything because it doesn't spec. I don't believe they specified it, but you know, with their dad being Alberto Reyes and their mom being Juliana. I'm guessing their mom was white <laughs> in the comic in comics, or maybe Elias and Juliana are uh, are biracial, which is right, quite possible, right. or just or had for whatever complex reason had a white passing or or you know English in origin name or something, you know, but, but like yeah, it, it, I I don't know. There's complex reasons for stuff. Uh, Bob Dylan, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Changed his name, I think, in both to com- combat uh, anti-Semitism in country music, and he just wanted to have a weird persona. Like, like <laughs> he he told like several contradicting stories when he first started out about who, like, where he came from, like all all of which had him being like from the country, and like it was because he was fascinated with stuff like that because he yeah. wasn't from the country. But uh, I don't know. There's there's legitimate and weird reasons for people to have their names changed, and it feels like. I mean, even potentially just being in LA, like some of the people yeah. I can think of off the top of my head, like one of my favorite actors is James Rode. And I know I've read about him like really regretting changing his last name from Rodriguez because of where he grew up and who, who he grew up with. Like mm-hmm. he has all this Mexican American family and he's never ashamed of it. But when he first moved to Hollywood, one of his agents was like, if you change your name to Rode, you'll get more parts. Yeah. You play anything. Happened to Chloe Bennett. Her, lo- her last name is Wong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we we both I know uh, read about uh, Kelly Marie Tran, you know, talking about mm-hmm. you know reclaiming her name of Lone, and it's like that's a uh, it's definitely something that happens for for bad reasons, but also I think for you know whatever personal reasons. So I guess there's I'm happy that the character w- was not cast as, as a white dude just because it's unnecessary. It's yeah. all the time and. It, and we've talked about how it's the strength, I think, of the show is that they definitely don't always lean on that. And uh, but it's interesting. Like I can't, I can't really tell from Chad Moore's art because it is so cartoonish and stylized. <laughs> the guy who created all of them, like, like, like everybody, to... yeah, everybody looks like a cartoon. Which I mean, in some ways, is is good because nobody's doing anything racist. <laughs> but, but in some ways, it's also bad because it's like it's less distinguishable. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's. It, it, it's always sucks that like it comes up constantly in comic book discussions. If a character doesn't have a race established, then white is the default because of white supremacy and racism. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's like, I, I, I it's complex because people need to do the work. What, what, like you don't get credit for just saying after the fact that a character has been around for years and years and years, uh, who's never had their, you know, any sort of racial identity established. It's like, Oh no, now they're this now, now they're, oh, they did it with a, a character from Green Lantern named Kyle Rayner, uh, where not super late in the game, but after several years of being around, they're like, hey, 
Kyle's let's make Kyle's dad Mexican American. And since then, like they, I think they have tried to make it more meaningful. Originally, I think it was very much an afterthought where they kind of maybe wanted to get woke points before people yeah. would have said that like in the mid nineties, yeah. they would have put it differently. But I, I, I think that more additionally, uh, not just well-meaning people who, who are also well, but also I, I think legitimately made effort and, and mm-hmm. wanted to make it something worthwhile and, and cultivate that opportunity uh, have since added a lot to that or added a little bit to that, at least uh, in, in his continued development in the comics. And I think you'll feel like they should do that, but they should just actually do the work and not just say, oh, this character's uh, happens to be uh, Latinx or Asian yeah. or, or, or have some heritage that we had previously unrevealed. I think that that's a good thing, but, they have to actually do something with it and not just say it once. And right. Right. It, yeah. And try and get credit, especially when, yeah. when you look at comics, when how many of the creators are overwhelmingly straight white males. <laughs> like, yep. like it comes yep, especially yep. like, Hey, you, you're not getting credit for this. You didn't do yep. anything. It's not great. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, it, I think it just kind of bothers me because like you said, like if a character is like, just not, assigned a race like the automatic default is like a white last name (laughs) or like a white name um i don't know that's that bothers me first of all but also maybe maybe i should get into who it is just since we're already talking about it so much even though we don't see him until the next episode so i won't say i won't say what he is like but i'll say how he is in the comics okay in the comics he's a serial killer oh great maybe (laughs) maybe felipe smith didn't want to him make to him be. a Latino serial killer. That <laughs> maybe, makes sense. Maybe he okay. wanted him white, dude, so he made an uncle. <laughs> like, that's just my, that's Okay. I'm that's throwing fair. that out there. Because <laughs> <laughs> there are, and maybe it's because of how he wrote it, and, and he did write it from his own personal experience, I think, both, uh, you know, uh, from his own racial perspective and from his cultural experience growing up in LA, that when he wrote this stuff, like some of the characters in the first issues are, uh, Latinx gangbangers, you know, who, mm-hmm. who he has to, who, who Robbie has to contend with and who are picking on Gabe when he's even younger from that, you know, he's right. a preteen. Yeah. And so I, I feel like, uh, because maybe because he already had that like inborn in the origin and in the first issue and whatnot, mm-hmm. and he was constructing all this. So he had his, his demonic serial killer uncle <laughs> who, oh, who was involved in all of that. Like maybe yeah. that's part of why they chose to choose a specifically white sounding last name. Like it, it could be. That part is of fair. It. That is fair. But, <laughs> but he was a satanic and he wasn't just a show killer. He was a Satanist and like a cartoon Satanist, not a real Satanist right. who were just uh, basically anarchists and mostly yeah. agnostic or atheists, <laughs> yeah. uh, but who were proving a point. They were, do- they were doing it before there was the flying spaghetti monster, everybody. Uh, but uh, he was a, like a comic book devil worshiping Satanist out of East LA uh, and he died, and his spirit possessed the Dodge Charger that then was inherited by his nephew, Robbie. Mm. So he became a unique Ghost Rider, because in the past, the Ghost Riders were either defined by a deal with the devil where a demon occupied them, or it turned out this deal with the devil is a deal with the devil, but <laughs> they're actually pos- making you be possessed by an angel of vengeance, and it's... But they don't really talk about that much in the comics. They never undid it, but it's just like, hey, let's move on. Yes, they're angels. Who cares? Like, like yeah. it's still still a deal with the devil. So let's focus on that because that's the cool oh part. Or it's very <laughs> silly. But so, but Robbie is unique because he is literally possessed by not just 
a specific ghost of a person who became a demon, not, not just a demonic entity or whatever, but someone who he knew and who was related to him. And like, like someone who brought family, his family, like mm. all this like awful shame and like, and like bad press got them in the news and shit. Like, <laughs> and like, like basically ruined like his mom and dad's life before they died because they were related to a serial killer. Yeah. Uh, so like, it's interesting. Like, and it's very different for sure. But um, I don't. I like this version of him. I think more because he is a more complex character, traditional mm. like a traditional Marvel villain. Because they aren't usually just cut and dry bad guys, like we find later on with our version of Talbot and, uh, <laughs> or even like or Magneto. You know, in the in the movies that everyone's very familiar with. I feel like he's the best example. Like, mm-hmm. like for the most part, they aren't really just flat out megalomaniacal villains. Like they're yeah. they're usually misguided heroes whose hubris went too far or who's who went literally insane because an explosion fried their brain (laughs) (laughs) yeah like in i mean one of the one of the best examples was um spider-man 2 uh their doc ock was a really good version of that yeah but uh and the video game too yeah but but yeah that's that's the main difference with morrow in the comics he both first appeared and they mentioned that he died <laughs> because he's a ghost in the first <laughs> issue of all new ghost Rider one, which we mentioned previously with Gabe and, uh, and Robbie's first appearances. And similarly it was, you know, created by Felipe Smith and Trad Moore. Um, so yeah, I guess he's still around sort of to this day because he's <laughs> his ghost. <laughs> yeah. Cause his ghost, ghost <laughs> empowers uh, Robbie in, uh, in Avengers every month. <laughs> um, all right. So yeah, that's, that's, That'll be our uh, comic connection done an episode early, but I feel like born of a natural discussion of his last name being. Yeah. Weird. Okay. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Um, I'm I'm much ha- I'm much happier now with the, with the decision. Well, no, because you, you got you got me thinking about it, and I feel like I feel like that's probably why. Don't right? you? <laughs> like, yeah. It's just like 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 I can't have like like a 100 percent uh you know Mexican American cast is a cool idea for sure. But I could see, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, uh, being your first big thing at Marvel, like, 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 yeah. and, like, like presenting your people, everything. I could be like, you know what? <laughs> Good. And you know what, too? Like, he's a, a, a Latino man who has last name Smith. Like, maybe, maybe it's double layered. You yeah, know? that's true. It, maybe he's yeah. like, we're complex. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's very so there's, true. Uh, man. Oh, man. Uh, I'm glad that this was a, a very logical aside to, to, to yeah, out. At least it was a comic connection aside, not totally random, but no, uh, good episode, great special effects. And like you said, I think the best thing about it is the way they integrated so many things coming up and like mm-hmm. it was jam packed, but it didn't feel like it didn't feel confusing. Like you said, like Watchmen, it didn't feel like it made no sense. It didn't feel like it jumped all over the place. Like it actually made sense. If you've been watching and you following and following along, it make it. It was just a really great setup. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think we should end here. Yes. Um, Agreed. Because I feel uh, Senator Nadir is going to come up more. Yeah, in, yeah, and in, she's not a comics connection, so yeah, I don't have anyone to compare I know. Her to. <laughs> I just, I just have uh, things to say about her, but we'll get to that. Later. She's much more featured in like they they, they just yeah. in this one. She didn't even appear until like the last like 
15 minutes, right? Like, well, she was in the on TV that Coulson was watching, and then she's oh, right, 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 very end scene in in this episode. Um, but yeah, all right, where can people find you? People can find me at I Snow Nothing, although when this comes out, I guess it'll be like around Christmas. I probably won't be online much, but by then I will not be. I'll have ended my uh, Star Wars related uh, sabbatical. (laughs) 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 I'm not going to be on this week. I don't think much. Like when I will, I won't be actually interacting with anything because I don't want to. I don't know. I don't even care about being spoiled. I just don't want to be involved in the discourse. (laughs) Don't blame you. Don't blame you at all. Uh, um, I can be found at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. You can find this podcast uh, at Project Tahiti on Twitter. Um, you can send us an email at projecttahitipod at gmail.com. You can find us and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, if you're a browser listener, but why though podcast.com or Podbean. Thank you all so much for listening to Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. Catch you later. Bye.